Ready? Go. Hey everyone, it's Heather Whaley. And hello, this is Frank Whaley. Today's September 3rd. 2020, this is season three, episode 33. Oh, 333. How about that, Frank? What do you know? That's um, halfway to the mark of the devil. And I want to shout out to Mackenzie Scott, uh, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, who is now the most wealthy woman in the world. I just want to say, hey, Mackenzie, how you doing? Um, You know, if you... uh, Give me a ring or a shout out and hit me up on Cameo. Uh, you know, uh, I got uh, Sharpie balls and bobbleheads. So, anyway, Mackenzie's, you know. Are you done with that now? Yeah, I couldn't. My voice, that hurt my voice talking that low. Um, so, you That's know, my sexy voice, though. I, I could tell. I recognize it. I haven't heard it in a while. Love you, Mackenzie. So, you know how. Um, Back in, I think it was season one, maybe, in the early days of this pandemic. That was in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, We did some reading from the diary of Samuel Pepys on an episode, I believe it's called Pepys and Folks. And there was another time we did it also. It was all about how he was cavorting with uh, brothels and stuff like that. Hmm? No, you just said we did it. We did it? Never mind. Go on. Uh. And how he had raped someone, and he stank of onions, and he had, like, horrible gastrointestinal problems. Um, Sounds like that guy Chris Delia. Well, you know, there have always been dirty, dirty dogs in the world. Absolutely. And today is no exception. And back in our old friend Samuel Pepys' day, it was no exception. And I looked to see what he was doing on September 3rd. And so we're going to visit him on September 3rd. 1665. That day was a Sunday. And he says, Lord's Day, up and put on my colored silk suit, very fine, and my new periwig. Bought a good while since, but durst not wear because the plague was in Westminster when I bought it, and it is a wonder what will be the fashion after the plague is done. As to periwigs, for nobody will dare buy any hair for fear of the infection that it had been cut off the heads of people dead of the plague. I thought that was really interesting because we've talked about how fashion's going to change. Everybody's wearing comfortable clothing now. Right. There's no need for, you know, things with lots of buttons and fuss. Right. Well, he's in his colored suit, though, he says. So that's yeah, but he's fancy. talking about the wig because they would get the plague from, from fleas and stuff like that. Right. So he was saying, like, nobody's going to be wearing wigs anymore. And also, if they were cutting the hair off people who had the plague to make That's the incredible. wigs. That's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so at that period of time, nobody was wearing wigs. Well, he says he, he put on his wig, but he had ne- not dared wear it because the plague was in Westminster. When he got, it seems like they were very targeted as to where the plague was. Um, he goes on to say, uh, church being done. I wonder if Leah Michelle uh, threatened to shit in his wig. Oh, yeah. I wonder if anybody ever did shit in his wig. I would have. Go this on. This guy's a bastard. Church being done, my Lord Bruckner, Sir J. Minnis, and I, up to the vestry at the desire of the justices of the peace, yabbity yabbity blabbity, in order to the doing something for the keeping of the plague from growing. 
but Lord to consider the madness of the people of the town, who will, because they are forbid, come in crowds along with the dead corpse to see them buried. I'm surprised I said yabbity yabbity blabbity back in those days. Yeah, me too. That was, I think, like uh, some ver- local vernacular from, right. from where he's from. So they, they were forbidden to be in crowds, sort of like now, but right. they would do it anyway, sort of like now, and they would be doing it to go see dead people buried. Oh, my God. Yeah. Among other stories, one was very passionate. Me thought of a complaint brought against a man in the town for taking a child from London from an infected house. Alderman Hooker told us it was the child of a very able citizen in Gracious Street, a saddler who had buried all the rest of his children of the plague, and himself and wife now, being shut up and in despair of escaping, did desire only to save the life of this little child, and so prevailed to have it received stark naked into the arms of a friend, who brought it, having put it into new fresh clothes, to Greenwich, where upon hearing the story we did agree it should be permitted to be received and kept in the town. Hmm. I mean, that's sad, right? That is really sad. So this poor little kid, totally naked, like they just hand over their child to their friend trying to save the kid's life. I I hope they made it. Then he says, here was my Lord Bruckner's lady of pleasure, who I perceive goes everywhere with him, and he, I find, is obliged to carry her and make all the courtship to her that can be. He's always with the ladies of pleasure. Yeah. That was when, when, when we first met and somebody, you know, a friend of mine said, so, so what's she like? I said, she's a lady of pleasure. That was the best way I could describe you, a lady of pleasure. Really? Yeah. Well, I think he means like a prostitute. Exactly. So anyway, they were thinking about some of the same stuff that we're thinking about now. Yeah, it sounds like it. There's another big part of this about he goes to, um, he goes to, before church time comes, Mr. Hill, Mr. Andrews failing because he was to receive the sacrament and to church where a sorry, dull parson and so home and most excellent company with Mr. Hill in discourse of music. I took my lady Penn home and her daughter Peg and Mary we were, and after dinner, I made my wife show them her pictures, which did mad peg pen, who learns of the same man and cannot do so well. Hmm. Hmm. So then he tries that... to go, go by water. Remember, he likes to go by water up to Greenwich, and it, he can't really get there because of um, they don't really want him to come in because they're afraid that he's bringing the plague with him from London. So he's got to be like, no. He says, for fear I should come from London till I told them who I was. That's like... Remember Reese Witherspoon going, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Do you know who I am? So that's what he was doing on September 3rd, 1665. That's, that's really interesting. I wonder if he ever had any situations in Costco where he had to scream at somebody to take off their mask or like I did at the local market. I mean, to put on their mask, not take off their mask. Well, it sounds like people were like, trying to stop him from coming into Greenwich. Like, what are you doing? Go back. Go back. Yeah. Imagine them having like um, torches and stuff like that lining the banks of the river. I wonder if Reese Witherspoon heard herself say the words. I wonder if she was hearing them come out of her mouth. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I mean, that's such a cliche. Don't you? Do you not know who I am? Well, she had been drinking, I think. Nonetheless, I mean, there's better ways to say that. Yeah. I mean, I would never think to say that, especially to, you know, a policeman or somebody. I mean, I have always tried to use what little 
cachet I possess to get something either for free or be- something better or better seats or a better table. But I would never say, don't you know who I am? I was working at this very fancy restaurant one time, and Harry Smith, the newscaster, called to try to get a table, and we were fully booked. And he said, uh, I'd like a table. This is Harry Smith from CBS. And I said, I'm so sorry, we're fully booked. And he said, but this is Harry Smith. And I said, I heard you. I'm so sorry, we are fully booked. I can give you a table tomorrow night. And he said, but this is Harry Smith. And I said, yes, I know. Would you like a table tomorrow night? And he hung up and then I turned to the owner of the restaurant and I went, can you believe this? This guy was like, I'm Harry Smith, thinking he's going to get a table. And he was like, call him back. Call him back now. I'm not going to pretend that I haven't in the past, in the, in the distant past, called perhaps a restaurant or perhaps a theater show publicist and said, hello, this is Lance from Frank Whaley's office. Frank would really love to get a couple of tickets to the performance on such and such a date. You know, and then they'd say, hold on, let, let, let me check. And then they'd come back and they'd either say, Sure, we can help you. Or they'd say, uh, can we get back to you? I'm sorry, who is this again? Oh, f- um, Frank, Pulp Fiction, Whaley's uh, assistant, Lance. We're, I'm just calling from his office. It's very busy here. We'll be right back. So we got another email, Frank. Email, Frank. An, an email, comma, Frank. Oh. It says... Hola, Whaley's. First of all, I love the podcast. The way you communicate with each other is really honest and entertaining. I have a problem right away. What I don't, is that? I, because if you're not writing from, uh, is this is this person writing from South America? Are you going to say because they used the word hola? Well, Frank. I ju- I'm just saying. Are you about to go, this is America, we speak English? No. On the contrary. It sounds to me like cultural appreciation appropriation that's what i'm saying well, maybe it's cultural i have appreciation. appreciation i have appreciation for the people and the language oh. well, but maybe this person is a native spanish speaker we don't know then make the whole thing in spanish well don't but, just pick and choose what words not to use i think hola is fine I think i'll let it go i'll let it go this time i wished somebody bon voyage earlier today uh okay yeah but you you're french i'm not french but i speak french so do you want me to start over Hola, Whaley's. First of all, I love the podcast. The way you communicate with each other is really honest and entertaining. I have been dating my boyfriend for almost two years, and we have recently started talking about getting married. I know you like details, so he is 31 years old, and I am 29. We get along great, but how can I know if we will still get along as great as you two do after being married for so long? Wish me luck, Andrea. This guy sounds like an asshole. It's a woman. No, the boyfriend. Oh, the boyfriend. Why? Uh, you you don't know. No. I mean, they've been. First of all, I don't like it when people say dating. Like, like that's such an antiquated term. Number one, like especially for grownups, we're dating. Like, not dating. You know. You know. Uh, it just. Do you know what I'm trying to I think, say? Yeah, I think she just used that as like a catch-all for like she and her boyfriend have been together for two years. Well, she should say what she means then. That, you know, don't. Don't say hello in a language that you're not familiar with and don't use terms that are antiquated and don't really get to the point of the matter. Okay. The, she wants to know. What she really wants to know 
there's a couple of things here. First of all, she thinks that you and I communicate well together, Mm -hmm. which, you know, first of all, Andrea, like you're listening to us for 10 minutes a day while we sit in a closet. And the only thing that we're doing is talking to each other and communicating. And then I edit it. I edit a bunch of it. So the rest of the day, the normal rest of the 23 hours and 50 minutes of our day, I don't know if we're talking that, you know, our communication is not always great and honest and entertaining. It's usually you scolding me or telling me what I did wrong or um, commenting on, you know, you you wish that you had married someone slightly taller, those kinds of comments. You just spent the beginning of this sending out like a, a mating call to Bezos' wife. Is that how you read that? Yeah. Look, I'm going to respond to this letter. I would say, first of all, Love is a motherfucking battlefield. And nice. mar- marriage, I got to credit Pat Benatar. That's her song. I don't know if she wrote it or not, but she sang it, right? Yeah. I always give credit when I, when I quote great literature. But I will say, talk to me in 20 years, okay? Two what do years you mean? Is, in 20 years when you're like... I wouldn't. I would be with somebody for twenty years before I got married. If I do over again, I would. I would. You and I would be quote dating unquote for twenty years, and then and then I pulled 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 the trigger. Wrong wrong choice of words. But I would then I would say let's get married. Okay, here's the actual fact of the matter. I think that you can overthink things in life, and whether or not to marry someone is something that people tend to mull about, think about a lot. Now there's a good thing and a bad thing to not overthinking something. You can say, oh, let's get married. And then you end up married to a complete jerk. And then they poop on your bed. Or you can say, this is a good person. We get along great. I love talking to this person. They always make me laugh. Is it a crazy thing to get married? Yes, it's always a crazy thing to get married. But the trick is, once you decide to get married, you have to also then every single day decide to stay married. So if you just take the other options off the table, you're going to have a long marriage. That's it. If you don't like talking to the person, don't marry them. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm no one to give advice, but I would say I'd get rid of this guy. First of all, he's 31. You're 28. She's 29. 29. Two years. Two years could, you know, mean a lot. But in all seriousness, I would say, I would, I, would, I would agree with you, Heather. If you, get, if, you, if you got a lot in common, you talk a lot, you laugh a lot, and let's face it, the intimacy has to be there. Am I right about that? It's got you to got, be... Yeah, you've got to like to watch the same television shows. You got, I'm talking about SEX. Oh. You got to be in sync. Okay, you got to be in sync on that. Simpatico. Yeah, that's an important that's an important thing. I think a lot of a lot of marriages go awry when that goes out the window. And if that goes out the window, there's nothing left. The the other thing is if you want to have stuff to talk about, you have to do things separately. That's a sort of a problem with this the whole pandemic that we are together all the time and we're looking at all the same news and I can't even say, "Did you hear about this?" cuz you've already heard about it. Everybody's heard about everything. There's nothing new to talk about. 
It's like you say to me, I can't miss you if you're always here. Get the hell out of here. I don't think I've ever said that, but that's true. Yeah. Anyway, Andrea, I hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. I love, I love that stuff. I could talk to people all day about uh, their, their lives and their dilemmas. Um, and if you're going to learn a language, learn the whole language. Don't learn hello, goodbye, and, you know, one or two words and throw them in like spice. It's just not, I, I have a problem with that. So in other news, here's a little bit of business. I put some new merch in the merch store, uh, something to celebrate our old pal Samuel Peeps. I don't know if it's pronounced Peppies or Peepies. Peeps. Peep Pipes. Anyway, there's a T-shirt in there with a portrait of Mr. Samuel Peeps. And it's a, it's a, what's it called when you can freely use something? Public Uh, domain. Public domain. The picture is public domain, so... Go ahead and buy it. And underneath, it says, Samuel Peeps was a dick. And then it's got our little logo on the shoulder. So you can show all your friends that you're smarty pants and you've read Samuel Peeps's diary. And not only that, but you're smart enough and decent enough to know that that man was a total dick. So go check it out and over also, on whaleyfamilyhour.com. Yeah, and customized uh, baseballs, autographs, right? Sure. You can do that. I can write, I'll write anything you want on a baseball. Yeah, I'm going to put that up there also, like some blank baseballs, and you can write to us and tell what you want on them. And we have a, uh, uh, an address that you can send photos or DVDs or anything you might want me to sign. Yeah, it's all there. It's all on the website. They can go, they can go explore and check it out. I also put some I mean, that's stickers. within reason. I'm not going to sign, like, anything that's you know, deceased or... Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not... I mean, don't send me, like, Dirty your, diapers. Yeah, I'm not gonna... I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll draw the line. Don't send fecal matter. No, please. No. I'm not gonna sign. I mean, well... What if somebody wants you to sign something in fecal matter? Would you do that? I would do that for $350. Okay. All right. Would but you, that, But that's... where would you get the feces? Would it be your fecal matter? Or would you like take some from the I'm gonna dog? Go to the, what am I going to go to the neighbor? But you ask? could go in the yard and get some from the dog. But I'd then rather... what if they did a DNA test? And then that would be like all over the news. Frank Whaley tried to pass off his dog's poop as his own. And he's selling his own autograph in poop. I would rather use my own. Really? Yeah, because I know what's in it. Okay. Well, me too. It's lentils. Yours? <laughs> That's a little bit too much information there, kiddo. I believe a dirt cheat. 